Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero by Rick Riordan, chapter 18. Um, just please do keep in mind that this is a pre-recorded chapter, so if you do comment any questions, concerns, or complaints, which please do, by the way, uh, on Podbean, download the app Podbean, or go to podbean.com and uh, search for my podcast there. Uh, but without further ado, let's get on with the chapter. Leo. It seemed he slept for only only for seconds, but when Piper shook him awake, the daylight was fading. We're here, she said. Leo rubbed the sleep out of his eyes. Below them, a city sat on a cliff overlooking a river. The plains around it were dusted with snow, but the city itself glowed warmly in the winter sunset. Buildings crowded together inside high walls like a medieval town, way older than any place Leo had seen before. In the center was an actual castle. At least Leo assumed it was a castle, with massive red brick walls and a square tower with a peaked green gable roof. Tell me that's Quebec and not Santa's workshop, Leo said. Yeah, Quebec City, Piper confirmed, one of the oldest cities in North America, founded around 1600 or so. Leo raised an eyebrow. Your dad do a movie about that too? She made a face at him, which Leo was used to, but it didn't quite work with her new, glamorous makeup. I read sometimes, okay? Just because Aphrodite claimed me doesn't mean I have to be an airhead. Festi, Leo said. Since you know so much, what's that castle? A hotel, I think. Leo laughed. No way. But as he got closer, Leo saw she was right. The grand entrance was busting with doormen, valets, and porters taking bags. Sleek, black luxury cars idled in the drive. People in elegant suits and winter cloaks hurried to get out of the cold. The North Wind is staying in a hotel, Leo said. That can't be. Heads up, guys, Leo was interrupted by Jason. We've got company. Leo looked below and saw what Jason meant. Rising from the top of the tower were two winged dudes, angry angels with nasty-looking swords. Festus didn't like the angry angels. He swooped to a halt in midair, wings beating and talons bared, and made a rumbling sound in his throat that Leo recognized. He was getting ready to blow fire. Steady, boy, Leo muttered. Something told him the angels would not take it kindly to get torched. I don't like this, Leo Jason said. They look like storm spirits. At first, Leo thought he was right, but as the angels neared, he could see that they were much more solid than venti. They looked like regular teenagers, except for their icy white hair and feathery purple wings. Their bronze swords were jagged like icicles. Their faces looked similar enough that they might have been brothers, but they definitely weren't twins. On One was the size of an ox, with a bright red hockey jersey, baggy sweatpants, and black leather cleats. The other guy, clearly had been in too many fights, because both his eyes were black, and he bared his teeth. Several of them were missing. The other guys looked like he, the other guy looked like he just stepped off one of those Leo's mom's 1980s rock album covers, Journey maybe, or Hall of Oats, Hall and Oats, or something even lamer. His ice white hair was long and feathered into a mullet. He wore pointy-toed leather shoes, designer trousers that were way too tight, and a god-awful silk shirt with a top of three button with the top three buttons open. Maybe he thought he, he looked like a groovy love god, but the guy couldn't have been, couldn't have weighed more than ninety pounds and had been, had a bad case of acne. 
The angels pulled up in front of the dragon and hovered there, swords at the ready. The hockey ox grunted. No clearance. Excuse me? Leo said. You have no plan, flight plan on file, explained the groovy love god. On top of his other problems, he had a French accent, so Leo was that Leo wasn't sure it was, if it was fake or not. This is restricted airspace. Destroy them? The ox showed off his gap-toothed grin. The dragon began to hiss steam, trying to ready to defend them. Jason summoned his golden sword, but Leo cried, Hold on! Leo, let's have some manners here, boys. Can I at least find out who has the honor of destroying me? I am Kel, the ox grunted. He looked very proud of himself, like it taking a long time to memorize that sentence. That's short for Callus, the love god said. Sadly, my brother cannot say words with more than two syllables. Pizza, hockey, destroy, Cal offered. Which includes his own name, the love god finished. I am Cal, Cal repeated, and this is Zethus, my brother. Wow, Leo said. That was almost three sentences, man. Way to go. Cal grunted, obviously pleased with himself. Stupid buffoon, his brother grumbled. They made fun of you, but no matter. I am Zethus, which is short for the Zeths. And the lady here, he winked at Piper, but the wink was more like a facial seizure. She can call me anything she likes. Perhaps you'd like to have a dinner with a famous demigod before we must destroy you? Piper made a sound like gagging on a cough drop. That's a truly horrifying offer. It is no problem. Zethus wiggled his eyebrows. We are a very romantic people, we Boreads. Boreads? Jason cut in. Do you mean like the sons of Boreas? Oh, so you've heard of us. Zethus looked pleased. We are our father's gatekeepers, so you understand we cannot... Have unauthorized people flying in his airspace on creaky dragons scaring the silly mortal people. He pointed blow, and Leo saw that the mortals were staring, starting to take notice. Several were pointing up, not with alarm yet, but with confusion and annoyance, like the dragon was a traffic helicopter flying too low, which it, sadly, which is sadly why, unless it's an emergency landing. Zethus said, brushing his hair out of his acne-covered face. We'll have to destroy you painfully. Destroy, Cal agreed, with a little more enthusiasm than Leo thought necessary. Wait, Piper said, this is an emergency landing. Aww. Cal looked so disappointed that Leo almost felt sorry for him. Zethus studied Piper, which, of course, he'd already been doing. How does a pretty girl decide this is an emergency landing? We have to see Boreas. It's totally urgent. Please? She forced a smile, which Leo figured must have been killing her. But she still had that blessed blessing of Aphrodite thing going on, and she looked great. Something about her voice, too. Leo found himself being believing every word. Jason was nodding, looking absolutely convinced. Zeeth's picked his silk shirt, probably making sure it was still open wide enough. Well, I hate to disappoint a lovely lady, but you see, my sister, but you see, my sister, she would have an avalanche if we allowed you, and your dragon is malfunctioning. Our dragon is malfunctioning, Piper added. It could crash at any minute. Festus shuddered helpfully, then turned his head and spilled out gunk out of his ear, splattering a black Mercedes in the parking lot below. No destroy? Cal whimpered. Zeeth's pondered the problem. Then he gave Piper 
another spasmodic wink. Well, you are pretty. I mean, you're right. A malfunctioning dragon. This could be a, an emergency. Destroy them later? Cal offered, which was probably as close to friendly as he ever got. It will take some explaining, Zeeths decided. Father has not been kind to visitors lately, but yes. Come, faulty dragon people, follow us. The Boreads, the Boreads sheathed their swords and put smaller weapon, pulled smaller weapons from their belt. Or at least Leo thought they were weapons. Then the Boreads switched them on, and Leo realized they were just flashlights with orange cones, like the ones traffic controller guys use on a runway. Cal and Zeeths turned and swooped towards the hotel's towers. Leo turned to his friends. I love these guys. Follow them? Jason and Piper didn't look eager. I guess, Jason decided. We're here now, but I wonder why Boreas hasn't been kind of visitors. Pfft, he just hasn't met us, Leo whistled. Festus, after those flashlights. As he got closer, Leo wondered, worried that they crashed into the tower. The Boreads made right for the green gabled peak and didn't slow down. Then a section of the slanted roof slid open, revealing an entrance easily wide enough for Festus. The top and bottom were lined with icicles like jagged teeth. This cannot be good, Jason muttered, but Leo spurred the dragon downward and they swooped in after the Boreads. They landed in what must have been the penthouse suite, but the place had been lit, hit by a flash freeze. The entry hall had vaulted ceilings 40 feet high, huge draped windows, and lush oriental carpets. A staircase at the back of the room led up to another equally massive hall, and more corridors branched off to the left and the right. But the ice made the room's beauty a little frightening. When Leo slid off the dragon, the carpet crushed under his feet. A fine layer of frost-covered, frozen solid, the furniture. A fine layer of frost-covered, the furniture. The curtains didn't budge because they were frozen solid, and the ice-coated windows let in weird, watery light from the sunset. Even the ceiling was furry with icicles. As for the stairs, Leo was sure he'd slip and break his neck if he tried to climb them. Guys, Leo said, fix the thermostat in here and I would totally move in. Not me. Jason looked uneasily at the staircase. Something feels wrong. Something up there. Festus sh shuddered and snorted flames. Frost started to form on his scales. No, no, no. Zeeth marched over. Though how he could walk into those pointy leather shoes? In those pointy leather shoes? Leo had no idea. The dragon must be deactivated. We can't have fire in here. The heat ruins my hair. Festus growled and spun his drill bit teeth. It's okay, boy. Leo turned to Zeeth's. The dragon's a little touchy about the whole deactivation concept, but I've got a better solution. Destroy? Cal suggested. No, man, you gotta stop with the destroy talk. Just wait. Leo, Piper said nervously, what are you... Watch and learn, beauty queen. When I was repairing, repairing Festus last night... I found all kinds of buttons. Some, you do not want to know what they do. But others? Ah, here we go. Leo hooked his fingers behind the dragon's left foreleg. He pulled a switch, and the dragon shuddered from head to toe. Everyone backed up as Festus folded like origami. His bronze plating stacked together. His neck and tail compacted until he was a regular metal wedge the size of a suitcase. Leo tried to lift it, but the thing weighed about 60 bajillion pounds. Um, yeah, hold on, I think, uh, 
He pushed another button. A handle flipped off the top of the wheels, and wheels clicked out at the bottom. Ta-da! He announced, the world's heaviest carry-on bag. That's impossible, Jason said. Something that big couldn't stop, Zeeth's ordered. He and Cal both drew their swords and glared at Leo. Leo raised his hands. Okay, what do I do? Stay calm, guys. If it bothers you that much, I don't have to take the dragon as a carry-on. Who are you? Zeeth shoved the point of his sword against Leo's chest. A child of the south wind spying on us? What? No, Leo said. Son of Hephaestus, friendly blacksmith, no harm to anyone. Cal growled. He put his face up to Leo's, and he definitely wasn't any prettier at point blank, with his bruised face and bashed-in mouth. Smell fire, he said. Fire is bad. Oh. Leo's heart raced. Well, yeah, my clothes are kind of singed, and I've been working with oil, and... No! Zeeth's pushed Leo back at sword point. We can smell fire, demigod. We assumed it was from the creaky dragon, but the dragon is in the suitcase, and I still f- smell fire. On you. If it had been like a three degrees in the penthouse, Leo would have started sweating. Hey, look, I don't know. He glanced at his friends des- desperately. Guys, a little help? Jason already had his gold coin in his hand. He stepped forward, his eyes on the east. Look, there's been a mistake. Leo's in a fire guy. Tell him, Leo, you're not a fire guy. Um... Zeeth's? Piper tried her dazzling smile again, though she looked a little too nervous to, and cold to pull it off. We're all friends here. Put down your swords and let's talk. The girl is pretty, Zeeth admitted, and of course she cannot help but being attracted to my amazingness, but sadly I cannot romance her at this time. He poked his sword point further into Leo's chest, and Leo could feel the spra- frost spreading across his shirt, turning his skin numb. He wished he could reactivate Fistus. He needed some backup, but it would have taken several minutes, even if he reached the button with two purple-winged crazy guys in his path. Destroy him now? Cal asked his brother. Zeeth nodded. Sadly, I think, no, Jason insisted. He sounded calm enough, but Leo figured he was about two seconds away from flipping that coin and going to full gladiator mode. Leo's just a son of Vestus. He's no threat. Piper, here's a daughter of Aphrodite's. I'm a son of Zeus. We're all peaceful. Jason's voice faltered because both Boreas, Boreads, had suddenly turned on him. What did you say? Zeeth demanded. You're the son of Zeus? Um, yeah. Jason said. That's a good thing, right? My name is Jason. Cal looked so surprised he almost dropped his sword. Can't be Jason, he said. Doesn't look the same. Zeeth stepped forward and squinted at Jason's face. No, he is not our Jason. Our Jason was more stylish. Not as much as me, but stylish. Besides, our Jason died millennia ago. Wait, Jason said. Your Jason? You mean the original Jason? The Golden Fleece guy? Of course, Zeeth said. We're his crewmate aboard his ship, the Argo, in the old times, when we were mortal demigods. Then we expect accepted immortality to serve our father so i could look this good for all time and my silly brother could enjoy pizza and hockey hockey cal agreed but jason our jason he died immortal deaths zeeth said you can't be him i'm not jason agreed so destroy cal asked clearly the conversation was giving his two brain cells a serious workout no Zeeth said regretfully. If he is a son of Zeus, he could be the one we've been waiting for. Waiting for? Leo asked. You mean like in a good way? You'll shower him with fabulous prizes. Or watching for like in a bad way, he's in trouble. A girl's voice said 
That depends on my father's will. Leo looked up the staircase. His heart nearly dropped. At the top stood a girl with a white silky dress. Her skin was unnaturally pale, the color of the snow, but her hair was a lush mane of black, and her eyes were coffee brown. She focused on Leo with no expression, no smile, no friendliness, but it didn't matter. Leo was in love. She was the most dazzling girl he'd ever seen. Then he looked at Jason and Piper, uh, and seemed to understand the situation immediately. Father will want to see the one called Jason, the girl said. Then it is him, Zeeths asked excitedly. We'll see, the girl said. Zeeths, bring our guests. Leo grabbed the handle of his bronze dragon suitcase. He wasn't sure how he'd lug it up the stairs, but he had to get next to that girl and ask her some important questions, like her email address and phone number, before he could take a step. She froze him with a look. Not literally froze, but she might as well have. Not you, Leo Valdez, she said. In the back of his mind, Leo wondered how she knew his name, but he mostly was just concentrating how he, on how crushed he felt. Why not? He probably sounded like a kindergartner, but he couldn't help it. You cannot be in the presence of my father, the girl said. Fire and ice, it would not be wise. We're going together, Jason insisted, putting his hand on Leo's shoulders. Or not at all. The girl tilted her head like she wasn't used to people refusing her orders. You will not be harmed, Jason and Grace, unless you make trouble. Calluses? Calais? Keep Leo Valdez here. Guard him, but do not kill him. Cal pouted. Just a little? No, the girl insisted. And take care of this interesting suitcase until father passes judgment. Jason and Piper looked at Leo, their expressions asking him a silent question. How do you want to play this? Leo felt a er surge of gratitude. They were ready to fight for him. They wouldn't leave him alone next, with, next to the hockey ox. Part of him wanted to go for it. Bust out his new tool belt and see what he could do. Maybe even summon a fireball or two and warm this place up. But the Boread guys scared him. And that gorgeous girl scared him even more, even if he still wanted her number. It's fine, guys, he said. No sense causing trouble if we don't have to. You go ahead. Listen to your friend, the pale girl said. Leo Valdez will be perfectly safe. I wish I could stay, say the same for you. Son of Zeus, now come. King Boreas is waiting. And that was the end of that chapter. I hope you guys had a good time listening to me read this chapter. And I didn't read too slow, too fast, or too inconsistently i don't know how to say it really i don't can't come up with the right word but um if you do enjoy read, uh, listening to me read these books please come back next week for more and um yeah it would be greatly appreciated if you went to your local library or uh any bookstore nearby and bought books these books um yeah but with that, Isaac, out.